0: Previously on the Tony Kornheiser Show.
1: Yeah. Now that's the history in the family yep.
0: of, of refusing
1: to go on the
2: field. Uh, it is one of my great <laughs> memories of playing Stoddard soccer <laughs> as a kid. Yeah, you just... Made it to one game. Then we drove to the second. Didn't even go up the field. No, you didn't. This is right off Mass Ave. Little Flowers, I think. You didn't want to play. Nope. And, you've, and you actually turned to me and said, I've never
0: been prouder of you.
1: Yeah, because <laughs> soccer is junk <laughs> as far as I'm concerned. That's just me.
0: This is General George Washington, and you're listening to The Tony Kornheiser Show. Great moments in family history.
1: Just absolutely wonderful. (laughs) Uh, Tennis last night. I watched a bunch of tennis. I did not stay up for Nick Kyrgios to go out. I watched Coco Gauff go out to Garcia of France. That was a pretty good match. You know, two evenly matched people, and Garcia was better. I mean, she was better throughout the entire match than Coco Gauff. Coco Gauff's young. Nigel, isn't Coco Gauff? She's still under 20, right?
3: Yeah, I think she's 18 or 19 right yeah. now. Yeah. She's
1: got a long time. I mean, good yes. for her. She played very well throughout the tournament to this point. Kyrgios is a psychotic. Could you explain what happened when he lost the match? He lost to a guy. It was two guys seated in the 20s, but Kyrgios has real talent. He's just a psychotic, and people that write that he has matured, they're wrong. They're just listening to him say after a match, boy, I've matured. The proof is the way
3: he behaves on the court. What did he do? Uh, well, during the match, he slammed a, uh, a bottle of body armor. It's like a sports drink onto the court after he, he, he lost the game. And he broke a racket at some point during the match. Did it spill onto the court?
1: Did this liquid spill? Yeah, and then, did yeah. they have to clean it? Others had to clean it?
3: Yeah, I think the ball boys... Yeah, they should have uh, made Kyrgios lick it boys. up like a dog. <laughs> okay, because you can't do that. Right. Um, and then, yeah, that's tough on the, on the court surface because it's not just water. It's, um, it's got sugary stuff in it. So, yeah. uh, And then after the match, and it was, you know, an incredibly long match, five sets, and uh, and he came up just short against this bloke named Karen Hatchinoff, and, uh, and he smashed, I mean, violently smashed two rackets just, right as the match ended. And you're like, and yeah, that, that doesn't signal maturity when you No, do he's like a that. psychotic. Yeah. And you can't
1: be in a position of buying his junk when he <laughs> says, I'm mature now. And he can't do that. The no. proof is the way the guy acts. I'm not saying he should be banned, but, you know, if he was banned, it'd be okay because he behaves so badly. It's much
2: worse than John McEnroe. It's just much worse. Um, I wish I stayed up for that. After that, Was it the first set where he takes that long break and gets the hot cream that they were talking about on TV?
3: Yes. As yeah. Once they
2: zoomed in on that for a full three minutes, I had to go to bed.
4: <laughs> it's a long yes.
1: tournament. I know Wilbon thinks it's a better tournament with all the older people out. I'm not, I, I am not sure it's a better tournament. It's a more unpredictable tournament. I'm not sure it's better, but I am sure the ratings will go down. I am yes. confident that the ratings in the semifinals and the finals will be far lower than last year's ratings in the semifinals and the finals.
2: That's just. I mean, cool. in some ways, is that going to be okay? Just because of how big the bump was in that the beginning of the second week with yeah, they know, got Serena great ratings. All and Serena, Nadal, Serena gave them. I mean, just said nonstop for four days. Fantastic ratings. Bird is done.
1: Uh, Her Seattle WNBA team, too bad Wilbon isn't on today, could break it down for us. They lost. She's 41 years old. She said this is her last year, and this was her last game. Great player. Unbelievable amount of hardware on the mantelpiece. Like two national championships at Connecticut, four WNBA championships, five Olympic gold medals. I mean, she's got, yeah, she's uh, Syosset in New York, same high school as Lenny Shapiro, um, she's got everything there is to have. She's had a great career, and she's out at forty-one years old by her own choice. In the same way that I believe Albert Pujols will be out at forty-two years old by his own choice. Um, tonight, if, if I'm not mistaken, tonight is La Cesarine night with the Syracuse Mets. Am I right on this, Nigel? La night? Yes. Yes. And, you are. And correct. all you have to do, if you are listening to me now, all you have to do is go to the ticket booth and say La Cesarine. Yeah, you know, I mean, you can say it softly if you're embarrassed. Oh, but say it just loudly. Say la cheeserie and you're going to be let in for free. You'd be crazy not to do this.
2: Maybe, maybe uh, delay the salute until you're inside the gate. But yeah, definitely say la cheeserie.
1: Yeah, I mean, uh, we're hoping that as many as ten people do that and ask for a
2: whopper and fries.
1: Yeah, and see how much it costs a whopper and fries. <laughs> I wanted to talk briefly, and I'm, I wanted to do this because Michael was here um, about the reopening of Colombia which happened on Labor Day with a reopening tournament. Um, I don't want to get too nostalgic about this, but the course that I played on for <clears throat> over 20 years, and I'm a bad player, Michael's a good player, I'm a bad player, but I love to play. The course I played on for 20 years was closed for two months in order to resod, right? With Tahama 401 or something. Tahama 31. And that is, that is- Basically going from a cool weather grass to a hot weather grass. Because the climate in Washington has changed over the years. It is now the climate of Atlanta 100 years ago. It's, you know, it's much hotter. It's much wetter. You know, Even Atlanta today. Yeah, okay. Yeah, it's, it's just different. I didn't realize I would feel so nostalgic about a course. I went out there and played with Team Coco. We always play together. Courtney Fremming, uh, Pete Creedon and Arch Campbell. Um, and by the way, shout out to Courtney's friend, Andy Galliard, who's a listener to the show. But we went out. We didn't do particularly well. We did not finish in the money. We didn't get shop credit. We didn't get glassware. But we had a really good time and the course which hadn't been green in many many months because as it got ready to be resodded they just let it go deliberately
2: well and right before right before the sod work they were also working on irrigation lines so think about even uh, as you do any drainage work at your house or look at gutters and you think about what might have been standard half a century ago or 30 years ago was no longer at capacity for today so they they let the grass they killed off a lot of grass that they
1: knew they had to get rid of And so for months, it was not just a brown course. It was filled with mud. It was water. It was, you know, it was a hard course to play as much as I loved it. And I do love it. To go back and see it now was wonderful. I'm not going to say I got, I teared up, but I really felt wonderful about the notion that I could play this course again. I know every inch of it. I've been on every inch of it. If I were a good player, I could tell you exactly where to leave the ball, you know, hole by hell like you can, Michael. You played and you went out there with your friends, all four very good players. Very good players. How did it look to you? Because you you view
2: something more critically than I. Uh, it, it definitely looked better than I thought. And I'm not going to focus on the grass. I'm going to focus on the fields. There is a there's a certain uh, there are certain moments of the day where just the golf course picks up shadows and there's undulations and it just makes you feel at peace. We often talk about that at the you know middle of September when it comes to certain holidays and how it makes us look inward and and what we get through that reflection. And for me, I'm looking at uh, now men, no, no longer young men, but uh, guys who are my friends who are who are getting married, who are you know in the middle of their careers and. You start to feel just at comfort, and, and it goes back to that, was it the famous Chili's commercial or Applebee's, a place where everybody knows your name? Yeah, Applebee stole the whole thing from... Uh, no, so tears. you have a you have a Labor Day tournament, tee times from sunup to sundown. Oh, yeah, they're and, playing all day. No, but it's just, it's it's looking who's behind you. It's looking across these new views on the course that are now open and seeing, you know, a couple hours after we went off, I saw, you know, Mr. Carlin, who was who's the past president and the father of one of, uh, one Carlin, of my friends from growing up, Park who's Park. sort of of that same generation. He's playing with his, his oldest boy, and you just see to see that community return. It's not just about a, you know, a, a private golf club. This would be the same at you know, a restaurant, even a coffee shop, any place that you feel like you have that sense of community. It just happens to be where we also play golf and where a certain group came in tied for a gross number two second and got some shop credit. How much shop credit? Pretty good. I don't need to share all that, considering I think most of my shop credit should go to one Mr. Billy Peel, uh, maybe throw a little bit extra to Colin, who got us going early, and Doug, who just always brings the energy. Doug, I guest on this show from
1: last year when he caddied for the Rose The famous Shang. caddy.
2: Yeah. Getting uh, ready for tour life, I think. So uh,
1: I did hear, though, I did hear a story that on 16, a par three, you had a shot that everyone sort of eyes wide
2: open looked at thinking what? So every group goes through this, uh, you know, there's the superstition. Who tees off first? What's your strategy? We're only taking one ball. And I'm now at that, you know, 35-plus category, which puts me in a different... Uh, sort of a different scope than some of my uh, my younger friends who still have a little bit of clubhead speed. So on the last, I'd say, third of the course, I started to tee off first, which puts me at ease because I like to visualize shots. I don't take a lot of practice swings. Off the tee, I really don't take any. And to just see that ball in the fairway helps other people sort of heat up. So we get to 16. This is... Par three over water. Yeah, the the pin is, uh, it's on the left corner, so technically a front pin, but closer to a middle yardage. I think it was playing about 135, but... uh. You know, there is a, a bit of a slope on the front, so you don't want to spin it too much. So I club down to a nine iron to try and take some spin off, and play about a two-yard draw. And it just keeps tracking, getting closer and closer to the line of the stick. And you're sitting there going, "This is a, this would be a pretty big day if this one goes in. <laughs> Luckily, the coolers are already out, and I don't necessarily have to sign for the number. Clanks off the stick clanks off the stick so that because everybody said that they thought it might drop
1: and you might jar it
2: it had one of those quiet moments where you're sitting there going don't say anything cuz this this actually has the chance it's not one of those you know the gratuitous like hey get you know looks in or like <laughs> hold your line no and then it uh clanks off luckily i stay out of the water uh but uh thankfully my 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 teammates there uh, picked us up with a birdie as i mine clanked off into the rough had you ever done that before hit the stick itself did I you think it was in this, i thought it was going to if it wasn't in, it was going to be inside, inside 18 inches, uh, and that was not going to spin back. That was by design, and I thought that had a pretty good chance, and that's one of those. I've had one hole-in-one, uh, similar yardage. That was with, a, uh, I think, a cut wedge down at Oldfield. But to have it at Columbia would be something totally different, and to have it on that, that hole. And a tournament. Yeah.
1: in a tournament day. So I'm glad you won. I'd week. lie
2: about the club, obviously. What would you
1: say? Gap a, wedge? Yeah, a little gap wedge. <laughs> you wouldn't say nine-arm. And for those of you who don't play golf, we've lost you, and we'll hope to get you back later in the show <laughs> with the guests that we have. But that was, um, that's very nice. It, it's, it's nice, and, and I think Michael's point is that you're going back to an old friend. It doesn't have to be a golf course. It, it really doesn't. It can be, as he said, a coffee shop. It can be just a place, you know, it, it, if you're used to walking and suddenly something happens On on your walk and maybe houses are being built or something is disturbing and then it returns and gives you the sense of peace and familiarity and Nostalgia that you want. It's always nice when something like that happens and it's this was a rare opportunity for us We will take a break is Booger first or is Chuck? We're we're starting today. It's football time This is we are starting today Booger McFarland, when we return, I'm no, Tony Kornheiser. No, Korn- no, no. It's,
3: I'm, sorry, no it's, I'm sorry. It's Chuck Todd when we come back. Chuck I'm
1: Todd sorry. when we come back. Okay. Chuck Todd's going to pick games. He's going to have a bad week. He always has a bad week to start. <laughs> always. Chuck Todd when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
4: Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master new skill.
0: Back before the Civil War, you'd win some or you'd lose. But you could always find the good game of hardball up in Syracuse. If you've never been out to Syracuse, well, brother, that's a shame. You can find most of baseball history on the Syracuse Wall of Fame. The players that pass through Syracuse are pretty much the best of the best. And now the folks in Syracuse, they cheer for the Syracuse Mets. You can't lose Syracuse, MILB Television. They play AAA International League in the East Division. You can't lose Syracuse, to and Stockton on the call. Come out and cheer, have a dog and a beer. You're going to have... His autograph before he makes the Hall of Fame. You can't lose Syracuse. We're gonna win it this year, I bet. Three cheers for summer and a double to the wall. Three cheers for the Syracuse Mets. You can't lose Syracuse. Look at Scooch. What's he doing now?
1: Scooch. Brilliant. Dan Byrne, totally brilliant. He writes, Lachiserie night in Syracuse tonight. My arm feels in good shape for the first pitch. I'm hoping for a September call-up if it goes well. Brilliant. Tonight is the night. Lachiserie night in Syracuse, New York. Go. Go to the window. Just say Lachiserie. Get in for free. That plays in Chuck Todd, who uh, Chuck and I go back and forth on the Nats. We're the last two. We are the last two who care, right? Espino loses last yeah. night, pitches well. He pitches his normal five innings, gives up three runs. He's a stopgap pitcher, but he's probably a wonderful person. He's now 0-7. The combined record of Anibal Sanchez and Paulo Espino and Patrick Corbin is probably something like six and 4,000. It's bad, right?
6: It, 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 it's, it's horrible. But, I mean, we had a chance at a four-game winning streak. Yeah, that's right. Know, good teams. Been the longest winning streak. Yeah, they've been, yes, it's been remarkable. But the, the Mets, uh, the, the Mets and the Cardinals,
1: and they're playing well. They killed the Mets. The Mets are now tied at first place with Atlanta. Atlanta caught the Mets. They killed them. They just did. That's
6: mm-hmm. what makes I, wouldn't, sense. I wouldn't hate the idea of denying the Mets the division somehow if we had a role in that. Team of some my youth.
1: Bothers. Still cheer for them. All sorry. right. I'm this sorry. is the big, th- this is it. We're back in football. The hardest week to pick is Week one. We understand all that. We always start out losing you know in week one, now but we're going with
6: these acts. Just so you know, Tony, what these games have been available to bet all summer long. Really? As soon as the schedule. This is the way it works now. I, I don't. I am pretty degenerate, but I can't. <laughs> I cannot like. I don't. I can't bring myself to bet on a week one game in July. You know, but believe it or not, not only have these lines been out for a while, they've been out for months. Wow, uh, and and just sort of beaten to death. You know what I mean? Meaning there there is they're as tight as you can be, um, but it is still a weak one, and, and it's still a coin flip. You
1: Here we go. The first game always features the Super Bowl winner. That, uh, in this case, is the Los Angeles Rams. It's Buffalo at the Los Angeles Rams. Buffalo's getting a lot of play from people who think that they are a Super Bowl team, and Josh Allen is a Super Bowl quarterback. Matthew Stafford... Hadn't thrown much, we don't really understand his status at the moment. Um, this is a great game on paper. It's a great game on paper. Buffalo is getting two and a half. I have to tell you, I'm not sure sorry. I understand why Buffalo is getting two and no, a it half. Sh-
3: it should be two They should be giving two Uh-oh. and a half. If I wrote
1: that. Sorry.: well, What did it, you it, give me? You gave me the wrong. You gave me t- Buffalo plus two and a half. What are you telling me I, now?:
3: I wrote it I wrote it incorrectly. I am sorry. it's Buffalo minus two and a half.
1: I no, that's fixed. why, because I'm sitting here, yeah, I'm sitting here thinking, why are they getting two and a half? And Buff- okay, minus two and a half. That changes everything, doesn't it, Chuck? I we know, all-
6: reset the board. How do you reset the board <laughs> to zero on week zero? Yeah, just <laughs> you know? one job. I, I, one job. I, Go ahead. I, I, uh, I can't, I, you know, I know there's all this Buffalo hype, but I, that, yep. that's a lot of points. I assume that's Stafford related at the end of the day, that there's yep. some doubt. I agree. Um, it's, the, it's the only explanation. But give me, the home, give me the Super Bowl champs playing on their home surface where they won the Super Bowl again. Uh,
1: so this, I, this I mean, is interesting think- to me. If it was plus 2.5, and a half, you heard me say, I don't understand why they're getting plus 2.5. To me, this was a one-point game. If, if Buffalo's getting, they can't get more than one. Now I see they're giving 2.5. That's an entirely different thing. Then I would take the Rams just like you are, right? I would. Yeah, no,
6: no, no. I, I, I think you have to take the, the, the home team here. Getting
1: okay. Points. We start with a division game now. Pittsburgh at Cincinnati. I hope Pittsburgh's actually plus six and a half and that you got, and that I read that <laughs> correctly in the note. Cincinnati was a very surprised Super Bowl team last year. Joe Burrow had appendicitis uh, during training camp. I don't really know his situation. Pittsburgh is starting Mitch Trubisky, which makes Wilbon happy. Because he's decided he likes Mitch Trubisky now, even though he hated him when they traded up to the number two spot to get him in Chicago. Pittsburgh, without Ben Roethlisberger for the first time in many, many years, Pittsburgh getting two and a half in a division, getting six and a half in a division game, that's pretty tempting for me. What about you?
6: Uh, it's really tempting. I love Pittsburgh this year. I think you, know, you got the Ravens are getting a bunch of hype. Cincinnati deserves all this hype. Even Cleveland... Has sort of forced itself in the news for all those, all those reasons. Yeah, Uh, and and Pittsburgh has sort of been the 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 forgotten team of this division. Mike Tomlin doesn't lose have losing records, right? Never. I mean, this guy is. uh, I just think that six and a half. You know, I just I know Cincinnati's roster is really good. That they somehow got better after losing the Super Bowl. Got to give them credit uh, because that's a team that usually doesn't doesn't do the free agent stuff very well, but that's a lot of points. Give me Steelers.
1: I I feel the same way about that. Six and a half is a lot. Mitch Trubisky is not Kenny Pickett. He's not a rookie. He's played a lot in the league. He knows what he's doing. Green Bay goes to Minnesota. I hope this line is right. I wrote down minus one and a half Green Bay. And he's
6: torturing you, Nigel. Just torture. Yes.
1: Um, Minnesota is always a pretty good team, but they start out badly and everybody blames Kirk Cousins, who ends up statistically having a good year. Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers, who's a great quarterback, but who is so wormy when it comes to attacking his teammates. I don't really get this. And they, and they got rid of Devontae Adams, which makes it just makes no sense. To me, something's wrong in Green Bay at the moment. I don't know that I would take Minnesota, but I'm not betting. Chuck, you are. Who you got?
6: You know that uh, Aaron Rodgers is into the mushrooms. Yeah. 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 <laughs> that actually is the best explanation for all of it. Um, hmm. I am uh, I'm really torn in this game because Green Bay has a way of owning Minnesota, you know. Um, yes. But early in the season, you know, I, I, I'm with the, the, the Green Bay training camp issues, I think, could play themselves out in week one type of thing. You know, they got blown out a couple years ago in week one. Um, and I think Minnesota is like, you know, they, they want this, they want this badly. They got a new coach. New they coach. got no more Zimmer. Yeah. Um, I, I'm going to take Minnesota here in week one. I'm, okay. I'm here to get the game right. Not, and, 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 and to sort of, uh, uh over overrule my heart, uh, on this one.
1: Kansas city is at Arizona. Kyler Murray got an enormous contract. I don't know why. I mean, he hasn't really done anything. The second half of the year, Kyler Murray isn't any good. The coach isn't any good, Cliff Kingsbury. This was four and a half when Nigel sent me the line. It is apparently up to six and a half. Kansas City minus six and a half at Arizona. That's a lot. That's I Look, Kansas City is a good team. That's a lot in game one on the road, six and a half.
6: That's a lot. It is, except I'm buying into it. I get uh, the hype. It's the combination that, you know, I think Mahomes, uh, everybody is, you know, he's got a, maybe he's got a little chip on his shoulder over, you know, the Tyreek Hill thing. He's going to show that he didn't need Tyreek. And You brought up all the reasons why. And I think you're making the case. Kingsbury might be the, is he the first coach? Is he the coach that's that's most likely to get fired? I think Mike McCarthy is first. Yeah, but he's, you know. He's, he should be on the list, but uh, yeah. for whatever reason, I don't understand how Jerry Jones even hired him. I, I'm going to take the six. I'm going lay to the, lay the point. Put it this way. I wouldn't want to have the points. That's the problem. I wouldn't right. try, I agree it's a lot of points, Yeah, but I'll, I'll take Mahomes and, uh, and having those points than Kyler Murray getting.
1: Okay. Um, the Raiders are at the Chargers. One of these two teams is going to be real good this year. I don't know which one. Justin Herbert has a chance to be a great quarterback. Derek Carr has weapons you know, like he's never had before, and the Gruden thing is done. And they've got, you, you know, I, I, think, I think they are pointed in the right direction. The Raiders are plus three at the Chargers. And like I say, one of these teams is going to be real good. Don't know which one. Who you got?
6: And remember, this is, while it may be, quote, at the Chargers, we're talking Los Angeles Chargers.
1: Oh th- so, yeah, the Raiders will have more people there.
6: This will be a Raiders home game. Yes, uh, you're right. Uh on on that score. Uh, I'm 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 not a believer yet in their car. And and you know they're they're I they've given him plenty, so we're obviously he gets we get to find out. Um sounds like you think why do you think it's gonna be the Chargers or the Raiders that that only one of them can be good? Why, why can't it be one of the other teams in the division that, that, that bombs? I'm just curious.
1: Well, I mean, it's, it's a very interesting division. I mean, because you have Russell Wilson in that mm-hmm. division now, and I think, I think that team may be a little bit overrated, but everybody said for two or three years if they had a quarterback, they'd be really good, and you've got Kansas City. I just, I'm just not certain that in a division that good that everybody yeah. can be good, although the American League East, everybody's pretty good.
6: I don't know. Yeah, I don't think all four. I guess could make the play. I mean, I guess they technically all four teams could, but they play each other too much.
1: Too many times. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
6: I, I, I really want to. I'm a, not believing in the Raiders. B, think free agent signings of wide receivers are overrated. Uh, and C, it, I, I just think that the Chargers were all hyped last year and not as hyped this year. So maybe this will be the year they finally do it. So give me the okay, Chargers.
1: okay. Tampa Bay is at Dallas. It's a great game.
6: <sighs> I don't know what to do with this game.
1: Um, Tampa Bay is now minus two and a half. Not minus two, but minus two and a half at Dallas. If you watch ESPN, it, it is like watching the Dallas Cowboys days of our lives. It never stops on get up. It never stops on first take. The analysis and over analysis <laughs> and repeat analysis of will Dak Prescott get his money and now that he's got his money, how good will they be and when will Mike McCarthy get it And it is just... You want to throw up your hands and then actually throw up. It's just too much. The question here, of course, is Tom Brady's 45 years old. He didn't even show up at training camp. I don't know where he was. He just wasn't really there. How long can he go on and be great? He is the greatest of all time. How long can that go on? Will you take Tampa Bay minus two and a half at Dallas?
6: I hate the, this game. is hard for me because you, you went through all the reasons. There, I can find a reason not to bet on either team. Yes. I'm struggling to find a reason to bet on the team, right? Like, I'm trying to make the case. And the only reason I think Dallas wins is if Tampa's disoriented and not and not sort of ready for game one, which is sort of my instinct. If you're going to make me bet on something, it would be back. Right. A slow start. Brady's had slow starts in New England that I would bet on. But then you have the McCarthy-Dallas situation where they're so undisciplined. Uh, you know, I, I just, and I think they're going to be a poorly prepared team. So I'm, I'm struggling with it. And I guess I'll go with the home team and the points. Um, but this would be one I, I'm not, I wouldn't touch this with the money because of, to me, there's a lot of uncertainty with both teams. You Agreed. just don't know what you're going to get. And I think this is one where like week one tells you a lot, not a little.
1: And one more game, probably the worst game oh, on the board. God. Probably such a bad game <laughs> that it's it's an unwatchable worst game. Worst game all year? Like, Don't yeah. you
6: nominate it right it's close. now? Yes. Like, uh, it's the leader. Be, like, that's right. Leader, the leader in, the in the clubhouse. clubhouse. Right
1: yeah. now. They've posted a score on how bad this game is going to be. Rivalry game. Ja- rivalry game. <laughs> Absolutely rivalry game. Uh, Jacksonville is getting two and a half at Washington. There's no reason to be confident in Washington. There's God help us! No reason to be confident in Jacksonville. We're just giving you this game because it's the home game for us. Jacksonville yeah. plus two and a half. Who you like?
6: I, you know, this one team has optimism and one doesn't. Give me Jacksonville with the points until proven otherwise. Right? Like it's hard to sit here and bet on you, Trevor Lawrence. You got to think is going to be a better second year quarterback than last year. Um, yes, I agree. So just that alone is a reason bet on him. But then you have this whole. The usual Washington mess, and now I think this is uh, this is a take take the points. If I mean Washington's favorite, this could be the only game of the year they're favored.
1: Yeah, well, maybe a Giants game at home if the Giants stink again. Maybe I don't know. Maybe. Thank you, Chuck. Chuck Todd, boys and girls. All
6: right, good luck, monkey.
1: If we just (laughs) gave you Chuck Todd. (laughs) <laughs> that would be more than enough, but we give you a monkey.
6: See
5: the monkey, he's scritch, scritch, scratching. Watching his iPad, smoking and laughing. Hanging with Bud Grant, tap, tap, tapping on his purple attache. Nigel's going to the zoo, zoo, zoo. zoo. Reginald's got the bikes, fine, too. Sometimes he throws his poo, 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 poo. When he's had too much Johnny Walker, blue
3: All righty. <laughs> Yes, so uh, Reginald is actually up in New York right now. He's playing at the Open in the mixed doubles uh, portion of the tournament with Martina Hingis. They're through to the quarterfinals, so he's good. excited about that. And, uh, of course, he's staying in Manhattan at the Plaza because he's, you know, he's got that sort of credibility. Um, and I, I met him out for dinner at Carbone, which was amazing that he got a table there. He was with uh, Ben Stiller, Martina Navratilova, and Robert De Niro, having a oh. wonderful time. Wow, yes. that's
0: great. That yeah, it was great. a start...
3: Yeah, it was a star-studded table. Um, But he took some time uh, from dinner to uh, go to some of these games with me. Um, The first one was that Bill's giving two and a half at the Rams. uh, And he showed me a fly of him on an off-Broadway production of Death of a Salesman with Marv Levy as Willie Loman, Don (laughs) Beebe as Hap, and directed by Steve Tasker. And, of course, Reginald was playing um, the other brother. What's the other brother's name? Uh, Biff. Biff. That's right. He was playing Biff. Yes. He was playing Biff. So, yes, he's obviously got ties to the Bills, and he will take them and lay the points. Now, the the next, um, next game we gave him was Pittsburgh getting six and a half at Cincinnati. And he showed me a wonderful photograph on his cell phone of him parasailing with Cesar Geronimo, Ken Anderson, and Icky Woods. That tells me he's got ties to the Bengals, and he will take them. Uh, and give the six and a half there. Love Can I the just favorite. say
1: that you know, when they bring Icky Woods out to do the shuffle now, the Icky shuffle, it's right. pathetic and they shouldn't do it when it they do good. that in those commercials. It's just, it's you know, <laughs> yeah. when he's on the deli counter line, just it's awful. right, don't do it. Yeah, don't do it.
3: Go ahead. <laughs> right. What's next? Uh, the, last, the last match we gave him was uh, the Jaguars getting two and a half at the commanders. Still seems strange to say that name. Well, I'm not uh, going to say it. it <laughs> he not. showed me uh, an old photograph of him at the Dancing Crab with John Riggin's, Don Warren, and Neil Olkowitz. So clearly got ties to the the Washington franchise. So he'll take that and uh, give the two and a half. There
1: is no juice for that game at all. None. It's just. None. There's just. It's just terrible. It's a great open if you're Washington. You're opening with against a terrible team. You have a real chance to win that game, but there's. You know, that is a game where, where the, the stands could be a third empty. Do you think yes. you're going get a lot of play on Red Zone? No, it's going to get virtually no play on Red Zone. because You'll nobody... just see
2: the scores when they, when
1: they
5: have to cut away <laughs> from other games. Wow, it's, it's, a, it's a disaster.
1: All right, uh, we'll take a break. Booger McFarlane, when we return, I'm Tony Kornheiser.
5: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue.
1: This is Al Barnes. We played his song a couple of weeks ago, his songs. We're going to play this song called Work. It's going to introduce Booger McFarlane. Al has a new EP out there on, his, on um, Spotify, Apple Music called Five for the Drive. He's good. Michael, if people like Al Barnes want to send their original music in, how do they do it? Send us your music by emailing it to jingles at com. And he plays in Booger McFarland. And this is what a great day for me because Booger is not only going to be on the podcast. Booger is on PTI today. It's a double dose. It makes me very happy. Football season, we have on PTI Booger McFarland, Steve Young, and David Pollock. It doesn't get better. It's just wonderful. It's just wonderful, Burger. Let's start with this. So I haven't talked to you in a while. What great golf courses have you played in the last two months?
7: Uh, let's see, Tony. I played uh, Bayonne. Uh, oh, I played on Bayonne, Sunday, which was yeah, Bayonne was uh, outstanding. Uh, I played Lone Cove, which is in Hilton Head, South Carolina, another outstanding spot. And and then one of my favorite is in Louisiana. It's it's called Squire Creek Country Club. It's where. Uh, Sam Burns is a member, of
1: it. so it's uh, it's a number of spot best course in Louisiana. So, so Bayonne is a course that is sort of made on top of a of a garbage dump, a, a waste place. It's got an American flag that's about seventy five feet high, and they're always worried it's going to fall down because it's not really anchored into solid ground. I I thought it was beautiful and way too hard for me. How'd you do there? Did you enjoy it?
7: I thought it was beautiful. I got 88. It was way too hard. I happened yeah. to get lucky and get a few very um, fortunate bounces. But that's one of the hardest man-made courses uh, that I've ever played. It's kind of unique how they shoveled and kinda bulldozed all that in there and kind of made all those mounds, you know?
1: Uh, let me start with a football question or two. You played in the league. Um, it's very rare that Super Bowl teams repeat. I know the Patriots did it once, maybe, but it's very rare. Why is it so rare that Super Bowl teams repeat? You were on Super Bowl teams that probably did not repeat. Why is that so rare?
7: Because of the mindset of the players, Tony. Like It's one thing to have a mindset of we're chasing and we're hunting and we're trying to get something that we hadn't gotten before. But human nature says once you get it, there's a tendency to relax a little bit, especially the year after. Uh, I've done it twice, and both times, regardless of how many speeches you get, regardless of how many books you read about mindset, human nature says, I just reached the top of the mountain, so I I, I have a tendency to relax. And when you relax in this league, Tony, um, things creep in. Little doubt creeps in. Um, Problems creep in. Issues creep in. And anything that takes your focus away from winning – will ultimately cause you not to win. And so it's just a mindset. And, and I, didn't, I didn't even bring up the injuries or uh, things that happen off the field. I think the number one thing that causes teams not to repeat is, is a mindset of complacency and hopefully for the Rams that won't set in this year.
1: So it, it can't be that you're not trying because everybody goes out there and tries as hard as they can. Do you get that sense as you look back on it or when you're in the season? Do you get that sense of complacency?
7: It's a sense, not necessarily of not trying hard. It's the fact that you're not doing the more or the extra that you did before. Yeah. Like it's really tough to win a championship. You've got to do things and make sacrifices that other teams just don't make. And oftentimes, once you get there, you've got to remember, once you win it, everybody gets probably new contracts of some sort, whether it's with the team, whether it's endorsements, has been on South Beach eating dinner at Prime 112. Yeah. All the little things that you normally would do and sacrifice that you normally would make, you don't make anymore.
1: I guess. Because I, I know that, you know, these are the, the team was the best team the year before, and they're not the best team the year after, and it happens very often in football. I'll have another general question here. All this money for quarterbacks and wide receivers, these are positions you did not play. You were lineman. All this money for quarterbacks and wide receivers, what percentage of teammates are jealous and angry about that, or is it—is it just that's the way it goes and we all accept it?
7: I think it, it, it's a way that we have to accept it, Tony. I mean, I, I don't necessarily like it because I, I don't think that, you know, uh, obviously the quarterback is the most important position on the team, uh, but this league is turning into a passing league. You have to – the quarterback's got to throw it to somebody. So if you're going to pay the quarterback – $50 million, dollars, then his number one receiver probably should be making, you know, $25, 30000000 especially if you're elite. So I, I, that's what we are. Um, Aaron Donald, Jalen Ramsey, those yep. guys are starting yep. to make yep. 30, $25, $30 million. Dollars. So um, that's a good thing.
1: Did you ever, like when linemen get together, did, does anyone ever say, I understand this is the way it goes, but I make so much less money than that guy. I hope he breaks his legs. (laughs) Does
7: anybody ever say that? (laughs) No, you know what, Tony? Like, nobody really says that, but i tell you what they do say, especially now. Like, I'm good friends with Warren Sapp, and he and I just laugh at the amount of money that he made made compared to the amount of money that Aaron Donald makes. Right. And I I, I think the different eras, um, obviously the money's gone up and things have gotten a lot better. But I think Warren Sapp, at his highest, made like six and a six and a half, seven million bucks. Aaron Donald's making thirty million, yeah. and Warren Sapp, I think, is a top three defensive tackle of all time. Now, Aaron Donald may be the best, but it just shows you the disparity between what he made in his era and now what Aaron Donald is making. But now nah, we don't wish any injuries on anyone, man.
1: Okay, that's good to know. Um, let me get to Tom Brady. Tom Brady is a miracle. He's a miracle. It, 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 there's nobody ever in any sport, maybe Gordy Howe, but I don't think so. I don't think there's ever been anyone in any sport who's been as good this late as Tom Brady. Do players appreciate that?
7: Players respect it and they appreciate it because we know how hard it is to do it. Like, this game is a physical game. Now, to Tom Brady's credit, he plays a position that is a more mental position than physical. Yeah, his arm has got to be in shape and his arm's got to be live. But that position, Tony, is about mental processing. Can you make the right decision at the right time? Can you do the things pre-snap, and that way when the ball is snapped in two and a half seconds, you're ready to throw the football. So it's respected. It's appreciated. And never before have we seen somebody play at the level he's playing at 45 years old. And so I think we all marvel at it. I think Tom Brady is an anomaly. You're not going to yes. see it probably oh, ever yes. again in the next 25 or 30 years. No. But players do understand how hard it is, and, and, and they tip their cap to Tom Brady.
1: So, <clears throat> Wilbon is always taking shots at Brady, and he's always taking shots about how Brady yells at the coaches. But, Booger, Brady doesn't yell at the players. I believe that players like him even more because he yells at the coaches and not at the players or my off-base here.
7: I think it's equal opportunity. I, I think that's why players look at him and they say, you know what? Nobody's off limits, not the coaches, not the players. Now the players, what he'll do, he may do it in a private manner. And so inside the team, yes. I'm yes. never going, I'm never going to embarrass you. Other words, I'm, I'm going to make sure that I got your back. And as a player, think about this, Tony, you and Wilbon have been doing a show for a hundred years. You know years. that Michael Wilbon has your back. That's right. And how does that make you feel? Like that Very makes you feel a certain type of way to know that he's got your back, and it's the same way with players. Like if I know that my partner, my teammate, has my back, man, that means a whole hell of a lot, Tony.
1: Yeah, I, I just I think Brady is amazing. It's going to end at some point, but it's amazing. The Garoppolo thing, San Francisco bringing Garoppolo back after trying to kick him out the door to come back to back up Trey Lance is this is this smart? It can't be good for Trey Lance. It can't be.
7: Well, I think there's several different layers. For Trey Lance, this is not good because that means Trey Lance is not ready. For the 49ers, this is a good thing because if you're the 49ers, you have insurance for Trey Lance. And for Jimmy Garoppolo, this is the best of both worlds for him because he stays with the team that he's familiar with, and he also gets an opportunity to know that most likely he's going to play meaningful snaps for a team that has a chance to compete for a championship.
1: Okay. We'll get you out of here on this. And this is a Wilbon question. I don't know that Wilbon's listening, but it's important for Wilbon. He has now decided he roots for Mitch Trubisky, even though he was incensed that the bears traded up to number two to get Mitch Trubisky. He's now blames Mitch Trubisky's failures at the bears all on coaching and has nothing to do with Mitch Trubisky. And he's rooting for him in Pittsburgh. What are your thoughts on Mitch Trubisky and the Pittsburgh Steelers?
7: You know, Mike Tomlin told us uh, about a year ago he needed to be more athletic and more dynamic at the quarterback position. And I think Mitch Trubisky does that for them, at least for this year. I think we all know Kenny Pickett is the heir apparent. But at least for one year, Mike Tomlin gets what he wants, which is a younger, more athletic quarterback that maybe can get some of those free yards. Now, Mitch is not. Uh, the pocket passer, the guy going to push the football down the field the way some of these other guys are. But I think if, you, if you're Mike Tomlin, you're trying to manufacture a lot of wins. And he's been able to do that with Ben Roethlisberger. And I think he'll do it with Mitch Trubisky. Let's not forget, he had a winning record with the Chicago Bears under Matt Nagy. And I think we all realize Matt Nagy leaves a lot to be desired as an offensive coach. Mm-hmm. And so I think that Pittsburgh feels like with Trubisky, we can do enough with Najee Harris and his defense, where we can make some noise in the AFC North.
1: Thank you, Booger. Look forward to seeing you today on PTI. Thank you.
7: Can't wait, Tony. Thank you as always, sir.
1: Booger McFarlane. We'll take a break. Uh, We will have email and jingle when we return. I'm Tony Kornheiser.
3: Hey, I'm Brett Podolsky
4: Is the Tony Kornheiser show? Tony
0: Kornheiser
3: show. Is that a tuba? Do we think think that's a tuba? Do we know what that is? I think it's something called a vibranium or something like that. It's a tuba-like instrument. I I will. What did you call it? Uranium. No, what is vibranium.
1: it, U-235? It's U-235, yes. Wow. No, that's, yeah. that's Captain Phil America's Coleman.
3: shield is made from vibranium, Nigel. Yeah. Oh, that's Phil that's Coleman. A... That's wonderful. Yes.
1: Nah, Nigel, do the Bethesda bagel ad. Michael brought bagels over. Enough bagels for you, but you're not here.
3: <laughs> Bethesda bagels, we love them. You will as well. Just go to BethesdaBagels.com for the location in the D.C. area nearest you. Then pop on in and you'll be thrilled. That'll just about do
1: it for us today. Before we get to the mailbag, let me say, Tom, can you get me off the hook? For old times' sake. Can't do it, Sal. That's the end of The Godfather. It's so great. Thanks to our guest today, Chuck Todd, Booger McFarland. Thanks to our sponsor, Shopify. Remember, you can listen to us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Play, and Odyssey. If you get the show through Apple Podcasts, please leave us a review. I love this email. From Josh Packard in Greeley, Colorado. Is the new game trying to guess the new game? I vote for <laughs> snacks we ate in kindergarten. Also, I'm on the 15th hole right now. Going pretty well so far. Um... I'm sort of taken by the notion that people think there's a new game and then they join in. I like the community of that. I really do. From uh, Pete Castagna, Westchester, Pennsylvania, not New York, different city. Uh, I'm hearing Michael share the story of Bootsy strong arming a snack from one of his kindergarten classmates. I'm reminded of my own son's snack scamming last year. While unpacking his school bag, I noticed that a snack was still in there. I asked him why he didn't need it. He informed me that his teacher keeps a box of the extra birthday treats by her desk. They all need to be store-bought pre-wrapped now for kids who forget their snack. He says this with a wry smile. So his scam was to tell his teacher he forgot his snack, and then he gets to pick from the better selection. I'm convinced these two kids need to meet and work out the particulars of the snack racket.
2: With all this talk about snacks, I'm thinking back to the mid-90s with the snack packs. Yeah. yeah. they had like five chocolate
1: cups yeah they had different things in it. from Al Wankel love the show been listening since the podcast began however as a resident of Tucson we need to straighten a few things out we are the very proud birthplace of the Ronstads including Linda and all of our relatives who emigrated here from Mexico in the 1840s Tucson which has been a city longer than the United States has been a country is higher wetter greener cooler and further east than Phoenix All these things, plus the fact that we are closer to Chicago, almost qualifies us as being in the Midwest and therefore clearly superior to Phoenix. We even have some nice golf courses. Keep up the good work. From Randall Miller in Pottstown, Pennsylvania. I just wanted you to know that I recently returned from a trip to Oregon where I was visiting my father's family. Because of the stinky show, I made an appointment for my family to visit Bell's Up Winery in the Willamette Dammit Valley. I spoke with Sarah to set up the appointment. She could not have been more enthusiastic or helpful. Of course, the cheeseries were exchanged and we were set for our tasting. Meeting Dave was an absolute dream. He was gracious and helpful and patient with us wine novices. More lechiseries, Mr. Tony's salutes were exchanged. The tasting was held on a veranda overlooking the grape fields and the explanation of the wines were almost as good as the wines themselves. My mother, who's a bit of a tough critic, told me after that Bells Up was our favorite thing we did on the vacation. Small side note, Bells Up has blankets for people in case they're a little chilly during the outdoor tasting. And Dave got one from my mother. Please tell Dave that my mother now considers that the standard for any winery. They can't be as good as Bell's Up. They didn't give me a blanket, was actually said by her later that same day. Anyway, I just wanted to thank you and the crew for many years of enjoyment. I go back to the 980 days of Coffee Creamer and Free Mr. Tony, and obviously for the recommendation of Bell's Up. That experience really could not have been more enjoyable. I also happen to be a freelancer working with the University of Pennsylvania, if you could tell Michael. Thank you and all the best. From Greg Smallwood in Waynesville, Ohio, five streets, same town. 64 years, one zip code. Since before there were zip codes, eat that. Like that one. Um, from Stu, a Binghamton University Alert, one of the leads on HBO's Max's industry, received our undergrad diploma here. I haven't seen that industry. Well, it? Now it's must watch. Is it good? Have you seen it? I, I don't know anything it. about it. From George Barnes in LA County. Can I play two games at once? 39 years old, 17 permanent addresses, all in Los Angeles County, but no two in the same city. Just got back from Paris, had a Whopper, six onion rings. They come four or six, never five. Two macaroons and a Coke Zero for four euros and 75 cents. Eat it, Keith Ammerman. From Nick Sievers. I know it's not the Triple Crown and Mr. Hoffwaff doesn't care, but Andy Beyer was on a pregame show for Saratoga last Saturday. Picked nine of 13 winners. He may not be great in triple crown races, but it's like the buyer speed figures are good or something. Shout out to Louisville's own Ron Flatter, the only big with a horse racing podcast. From Stephen Hickey in St. John's in Newfoundland. Didn't we do, did, we did this the other day. We did, What's didn't, your we talk, but didn't we talk about him that he played in a tournament? Well, let's, I played in a scramble golf tournament with one guy I know and two I hadn't met before. Turns out the guy I'm driving with is a little and a ringer hit the ball a mile, and somewhere on the back nine caught on to my, it's about the shop credit cracks, and asked me if I listened to the show, I gave him an excited lachiserie. So, did we do this? I don't, I didn't know if we did this or not. Wow. From Patrick Thompson in New Orleans, when Albert Pujols has some of his 700 homers invalidated, can we count on your appearance in Mr. 700 that he comes out of retirement to chase the number? <laughs> That's like Mr. 3000, right? Was that the name of that movie? Yes. Uh, from joe in barcelona spain 30 mail but none have gotten through the nigel filter i'm hoping he's too busy to watch too busy watching carlos alcaraz this week at the us open he lets this one slip through slip through finally a game for me i could never be bothered to count the outlets in my kitchen but permanent addresses that's one i can play although i can't beat chuan's magnificent number at 34 i'm still not yet a man so i have time to catch up I'm at 16 permanent addresses spanning four states plus a district, as well as four countries on two different continents. Having just sold my soul to buy my first house, I am hoping to never move again and die here, but who knows. Thank you for all the entertainment and always providing my wife with an epic eye roll when I mention the podcast. If you're out on your bike tonight, everyone, as always, do wear white. And now I'm out of time. I'll try to do better next time. Oh, that's so sweet. (laughs) Oh, that's 44.
0: Back before the Civil War, you'd win some, or you'd lose. But you could always find a good game of hardball up in Syracuse. If you've never been out to Syracuse, well, brother, that's a shame. You can find most of baseball history on the Syracuse Wall of Fame. The Players that passed through Syracuse are pretty much the best of the best. And now the folks in Syracuse they cheer for the Syracuse Mets. You can't lose Syracuse, M I L B television. They play Triple A International League in the East Division. You can't lose Syracuse. Tracker and Stockton on the call. Come out and cheer, have a dog and a beer. You're gonna have a ball. You can't lose Syracuse. Great day for a game. Gonna get the autograph before he makes the Hall of Fame. You can't lose Syracuse. We're going to win it this year, I bet. Three cheers for summer and a double to the wall. Three cheers for the Syracuse Mets. You can't lose Syracuse. Look at Scooch. What's he doing now? Scooch.
5: I hit the snooze Cause it's hard to get up With these Monday blues Five long days of working Straight ahead I finally pull myself Up out of bed I check the news Kiss the kids that hit the road I dread my daily drive And my workload And I work too hard To get i made But I bring home every cent that I have made Cause I go to work And I get paid And repeat it All another day Working round the clock To give all I've made And I got kids And I got rent. check goes to the government. And I don't know if I'll see my retirement. But I go to work so I get paid. and a all another day. Working around the clock to give all I made. And I got kids and I got rent. But half my check goes to the government.